full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, LaHartsVolkswagen.ie. Yes, and a very good evening and welcome in to Scoreline here with myself, Martin Quilty, sitting in for Sinead O'Keefe this evening on this very cold Monday evening. Lots is always coming up on the show. We will be chatting epic hurling games with Ronnie Ronan from yesterday's under-21A County Final. Clonmore's football exploits will be discussed with Willie Quinlan and the Camogie All-Stars with Anya Fahey. We will also have a roundup of all the KDL results from the weekend, as well as Car. Carlos Camogie Volunteers of the Year and a roundup from other sports that we have involved all over Kilkenny as well. But first off, I am going to be joined, hopefully, if I push this button on the phone here by Ronnie Adrian Ronan himself, who was at the under 20 game yesterday. Uh, and Adrian, hopefully you can hear me okay here. Have you loud and clear, Martin? Thanks. I can't hear Adrian at all at all now at the minute, Ken. Sorry, Adrian, as people who know, this is my first time filling in for Sinead, so everything is new here to me, but hopefully you can hear me okay there anyway. Uh, things have been changed here. Is that better? I have you loud and Good clear. man, you can't beat live radio, so you can't. How are you this evening, Adrian? All good, thanks Martin, thanks very much, all good. Good, because thanks a million for joining us here on uh, Full Time this evening. We had an epic under-20 game that you were inside in UPMC Nolan Park with yesterday with Thomastown and Moonkine taking part in the JJ Kavanagh and Sons under-21A county final and I was looking at Brendan Hennessy's social media last night and he said in all of his time broadcasting it was the best game of hurling that he has ever seen. Would you agree with him? Well, for some strange reason it was... As good as any hurling match you'd expect for this time of year, um, you know you've covered a lot of games, been involved in hurling and camogie all your life as well. And there was just something about yesterday, um, about that game, as we said, and we mentioned on numerous occasions, there's a lot of things helped. The, 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 a lot of people uh, had the pitch, as we know, Kevin McGarry and John Coogan, the pitch in Nolan Park was as good as I've ever seen for a winter's game. Uh, the referee Peter Burke was excellent yesterday let the game flow as he always does and both teams went out to hurl and that con- that conduced into a great game and we had a great game we had a full of um, everything that you get in a hurling match the, uh, the individual performances excellently matchups excellently great scores missed scores soft scores so we had everything and um, yeah it was certainly a memorable game for some strange reason and the pity Martin that's We've said, and I think you've mentioned on your podcast on numerous occasions, the ticket sold a situation and people, there wasn't a huge crowd that you'd expect at a county final and in Nolan Park, and that's the pity. And hopefully someone got to video the game. Um, I did see Morris Welch around the place, so I'd say he's around somewhere, maybe videoing the game. But it certainly is a game worth watching. To us. You know, when you see the scoreline, like, there were some brilliant scores, so compliments to both teams. Um, Moonkine and Thomas down the course to Victor's. Yeah, well, you're dead right about the ticket situation. I believe that there was even elderly people turned up to Crow Park at the weekend to watch the football game and they hadn't got the tickets and they weren't left into the ground, which is stupid. And I know people offered to buy the tickets for them if they gave the money and that, but sure, the poor fellas just went home because they didn't want to do it for embarrassment, I suppose, of not being able to get into it. So it's certainly something that needs to be looked at, Ron, because the general uh, population and the, the GAA stalwarts that have been going to many, many a game to be turned away, especially from a venue like Crow Park is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, look, it's probably another conversation for another forum on another day. But you would imagine, like they do in, in our supermarkets, there's a till for the cards and there's a till for cash. 
and I'm sure we should have a, a style for cash and a style for cards. It's not a, if they can do it in the supermarkets, surely we can do it in, in, in the in the grounds all over Ireland. It's just it's just such a pity that you know we had the pop the attends a lot of games all year round. You know we're leaving out a demographic of people that have basically put us where we are. The people before us have given us the facilities, given us our clubs and given us the likes of Nolan Park and Crow Park and they're the, the people that we're kind of uh, shutting out and not making them inclusive. So it's a disappointment. So I think it's something Crow Park. It's not a local thing, of course. It's nothing to do with the boys locally. No. They, they're, they're instructed to do that. But from a Crow Park perspective, they're the ones dishing out the rules. It's like in all the big... Uh, uh, Jobs that we all working in business that we're all involved in. It comes from the top and it comes down to the the people down the counties. And I think Crow Park need to really, really have a look at this because it's so disappointing. Uh, over the last number of weeks, we've had thrilling games in Nolan Park, thrilling games at all venues, and we're stopping people from maybe enjoying the opportunity to see them. But again, that's another conversation for another forum I I presume Exactly well talk us about the nail biting game that was in UPMC Nolan Park yesterday I mean 5.18 to 6.12 or 33 points to 30 uh, in all man's money I mean what phenomenal scoring what could be only classed as winter hurling Um, I mean to get that kind of a score Ron was unbelievable I think it was 26 points apiece at full time 4.14 to 5.11 but it was nail biting all throughout and I believe Peter MacDonald had a, a free to bring it to extra time that hit off the post uh, and went over to help him get to extra time now I think Munkine also had one that hit off the post as well but uh, talk us through the game because it seemed to be an unbelievable spectacle Yeah look from the very outset I suppose Munkine were the favourites because they had won the minor B A minor A four years ago Thomastown had contested and won the minor B four years ago so that would say there was a gulf in um, class from A to B four years ago but a huge amount has happened in those four years and then when you look at the teams on view and you make a uh, you know make a few inquiries and double check your your, your, your stats Moonkine had six or seven of their intermediate team and Thomastown had six or seven of their, inter, of their intermediate team so straight away that meant that the, the clubs were a lot closer to each other and that produced those guys in particular, those leaders on both the, the adult teams. They were the main men, of course. But the backup from every other individual, Martin, it's hard to believe that. In I don't think there was anyone played below par in either team. This is the funny thing about it. It's just everyone, I know somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, but everyone, for some strange reason, was as good as the next lad beside them. And they just performed heroically. It had everything, as I said. Thomastown got a soft goal. Uh, in the in the beginning, uh, when maybe just maybe Moonkind were the better team, then Moonkind reacted brilliantly, scored four goals before half time, and went in in a you know in, in a strong position uh, at that stage. You'd say then Thomas down were a bit of dentures, end end for the whole second half, load of um, opportunities for different people, and then Peter Macdonald had a really really difficult three forty five yards out two metres maybe in from the sideline over on the old stand or the new stand side as we know the new stand side and that hit the post and came off came across and over the bar to make it a level a level peg and no one would have disagreed that the, that was the fairest result and then we had extra time and as it happens in extra time often happens in extra time some team just gets heavy legged some teams get tired and the other team just get a small bit of luck and off the go and Thomastown got another Long range goal, a soft goal in, in overall terms, but again, difficult one for a goalkeeper because the ball hopped, hopped in front of him, skidded into the net. Not easy, but again, 
they just seemed to get on from there then and they Moonkine didn't react in the first half scored nothing in the extra time in the first half of extra time and that's where it was won and lost Moonkine reacted in the second half of extra time but it was probably too late it was those 1-3 or 1-4 young Jack Holden got a goal uh, to, to cement the victory and the leaders as I said Peter MacDonald Eddie Donnelly uh, I don't have my notes in front of me Luke Nellan uh, uh, Young Holden for Jack Holden for four. those four in particular and the bat supporting cast as I said were brilliant on the wing but those four in particular and the two subs during that first 15 minutes half, 10 minutes after uh, extra time that's when the game was won and lost and that's when poor Moonkine just tired and look to Moonkine were brilliant to a man they were brilliant to a man but it's no good to him today it's no good to him now but they will be back they have a great future to look forward to uh, a lot of great young lads on both teams. So great advertisement for Kilkenny Hurland, great advertisement for underage Hurland. And um, everyone associated with both teams should be very proud. Yeah, well, it's a great way to win a, a county final, especially if you're Thomastown. But if you're poor Munkine, especially after getting four goals in the first half and uh, leading by, I think it was nearly six points at half time, you'd be nearly expecting him to push on a small bit. But it seemed to be the other way around that Thomastown certainly did push on and they finished stronger. Um, and getting that goal early on in extra time certainly didn't do him any harm. Yeah, well, I suppose the underlying. The underlying uh, stat, I suppose, to be fair to Moonkine and to be fair to Thomastown, Thomastown, when you look at the possession, Thomastown had 11 wides in the first half alone. So that would suggest that Thomastown had the possession when Merton converted the scores. So when you look back at it as a neutral and analyse it, you'd have to be fair to Thomastown and say, yeah, they were chasing the game, but they were chasing the game because they had missed their opportunities. And in that case, it would suggest that they were every bit as good as Moonkine. So it's, it's harsh to say that Thomastown weren't as good they were as good they just didn't convert the scores Moonkine will be probably a little bit disappointed some of their leading players may not have played as well as they would have liked um, but that being said I think it was fair to say you know if Thomastown had to convert half those wides then you know they would have turned in at half time very close or as good as but you know rip roaring game cracker of a game and something that uh, as I said both clubs should be proud of and just before I leave you go and before I take the first ad break as well, you had a, a very good win yourselves over Glenmore at uh, the weekend, 12 points to 7 in, uh, was it the under 20 or the under 19 county final? Under, ni- under 19, again, uh, Greg Ballycall in the last week, they won the under 21B and they won the under 17, under 19B. So two great victories. Anytime you win a county final is great. Uh, great for a lot of those players because a lot of those players played in minor A and as you know playing at A hurling at hurling or Camogie is a big ask for a country club uh, that's not running down the city clubs but uh, in an A competition in Kilkenny hurling um, those under 17s lost out to the Dixborough in the minor had a lot of expectation lost out by a point the Borough went on to win the minor A final uh, or and um, these guys were very hurt over that because they had focused on winning the, the minor uh, A and reacted brilliantly by winning in the depths of winter. Uh, a lot of guys matured in the last uh, two or three months and uh, had a great victory yesterday against Glenmore. Uh, uh, to be fair to Glenmore, they put up a great fight and the same with Liz Downey the week before. So look, as you know, when you've been involved in clubs and in, in, in any time you, you win a county final, it's great and we've won two in a week so we're very happy in Greg Valley Callan but again, our focus is always the adult team at Hurling and Camogie. So underage, 
doing well we're happy uh, and long may it continue yeah exactly well said Ron well thank you very much for joining me on the show sorry about the little hiccup at the start of it but these things will always happen for us but it has been a pleasure uh, having your company this evening with us um, and no doubt we'll be listening to you uh, in further commentaries upcoming and very very soon Hopefully, Martin, enjoy the next 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Good man. Thanks for that, Ronnie. That was Adrian Ronnie Ronan, of course, uh, analyst and co-commentator with Brendan Hennessy yesterday in UPMC Nolan Park. Coming up in the second half, we will have match reaction from that game from Peter MacDonald. And we will also hear from Michael Elward on the exploits of Mullinavat's football over the weekend as well. And that's coming up right after the break. Keeping you in the game and in the know. Full time on KCLR. Yes, and welcome back into full time here with myself, Martin Quilty. Don't forget that the text and WhatsApp dinnerreadies.ie contact line is 083-306-9696. But as I said before the break, we are going to have post-match reaction from the game yesterday. That was the JJ Kavanagh and Sons under 21A county final. Great win for Thomastown. And uh, Peter MacDonald was the first man that Brendan Hennessy caught up with. And if I push this button here, this should work. Peter McDonald, centre fielder for Thomas Town. You got a goal and six points in my tally, but I have to say, what a game. What a game. Absolute goal fest. Uh, oh, it's not often we come out on the right side of them ones, but about time we got there today. 518 was your total after extra time to uh, 6, I don't know what it was, 612. But 612. You had 11 wides in the first half. A lot of things might have been going through yeah, your head. I thought we were hurling the better team in the first half, just the wides were killing us and they were getting a few jammy goals, but we knew at half time we were still in it and we just had to dig deep and we got there, brought extra time. So. A few changes made a bit of a difference as well and it's yeah. saying that the lads that went off were probably unfortunate because everyone was playing their part. Yeah. Tactics work as well. Our subs all year, Rory Cannell and Alex Cass, Sean O'Keefe, like, they've been great in the last two games as well and we really need them today and I think Rory got 1-1, Alex got a point so I don't know what they got but they were brilliant. Yeah, I think both of them got a goal to be honest but it was hard to keep yeah. up with all the scores but listen, a tremendous day, first ever under 21 win for Thomas Town, which is excellent. Yeah, first ever, will go down the history books now so we just have to drive it on again, hopefully again next year we have another call. <laughs> Tell me Peter, was that as good a game as you've ever played in? Oh. You played well, but was it as good a game as you ever played in? It was tough, it was I good, s- conditions were hard, the rain came down, it was cold, it was wet, uh, but what a game of hurling. i say it was up there anyway. We knew when the rain came an extra time, it, the conditions suited us, because last day it was the same story, and we just knew it was in us to get over the line. Yeah, well, may I compliment you on your own personal performance and on Thomas Town's performance. And I'm sure you'll have a word for Moonkine as well, to a man that outstanding also. Uh, she couldn't fault Moonkine, it was just, what, they got 5-12, not often you score 5-12 and come out on the wrong side of it, so... Look, they'll come again next year. They're a very good intermediate team as well, and they're young, so they'll only get better as well. Yeah, that was, of course, Peter MacDonald, brother of the great Kate Mac, who was on goal for Thomas Town's Camogie winning team this year. So that house will be very happy over the next coming weeks and especially going into Christmas as well. Also, we had football on at the weekend and Mullinavat were taking on Feather uh, St. Moog's of Wexford in the intermediate uh, club semi-finals. And our own Robbie Dowlin caught up with Michael Elwards after the game because St. Moog's won the game seven points to five and here's Robbie speaking with Michael. 
I'm joined by Mullen event manager Michael Aylward after his side um, disappointing defeat to Fetter St. Moog's in today's Leinster Intermediate Football Championship semi-final. Michael, obviously, commiserations first of all. A really spirited performance by your side, but ultimately disappointment. Yeah, it's like severe disappointment for the lads. Like They played well, just got by, by a better team, a little bit more cleverness at times. Um, we had chances, we didn't. We did, probably didn't convert them, but like can't um, can't fault any of the lads. Like they played to their best, and unfortunately, they came up a little bit short. It was a really low scoring affair, as I said, seven points to five was the final score. Uh, is the feeling kind of after the game that taking your chances in a game like that is absolutely critical, and maybe they done that slightly better than needed? It is, you know. I mean, you, you only get so many chances, and you have to be able to convert them, like even points or goals, whatever it is. You just have to uh, conversion has to be conversion rate has to be very high. Unfortunately, we didn't today. Just got chances and just little wrong pass at times but look that's that's the way it rolled today and we just get on with it and in the first half in particular I think Michael Malone went through on goal twice the first one went just wide the second one was exper- expertly saved and must be said by um, the opposition goalkeeper but I suppose I was at the games here against Bracknell and Shandona as well and when Malone was going through on goal he found the back of the net more often than not is that just the kind of little things that went against you today do you feel? Yeah little things you know what I mean like so just they, they were strong. They were a stronger team, a little bit more football savvy. You know what I mean? More like ourselves, stronger, physically strong. It's tough for oppositions. Our senior was the last twenty, twenty-five years. Just relegated last year. You know what I mean? Like it is a, it is a different level of football to what we are used to. And I think we can only benefit from the game of football we play today. And it's a little bit disappointing the result but sure look as we, we get up and we fight again and we go again next year on Kilkenny and that's it and is that the thing Michael I suppose obviously today it's ultimately huge disappointment but I was talking to Shane Kelly as well your, your right half back and I suppose when you reflect on the year it's been a great year again for Mullen of winning in Kilkenny two great games here in Callan against Bracknell and Shandona as I mentioned and well as I said today you're a bit down I mean it has been another really really memorable year for the club football in ways yeah it has you know what I mean like this year like I said won back the championship and we also won a league I'd say it was the first time a league final was played in years and just got a double this year two good games the last day and we had a very good game today it's just the result didn't go away and I think we can only improve from it and we have to go back and start now next February or March whenever it is and just heads up and go again and how important are games like this in terms of maybe going forward again next year if you were fortunate enough to, to be in a Leicester Championship again to, to know where the standard is and to know that you're not far off it at all in fact that you're probably at the same level as a lot of these clubs and just that extra little push could get you over the line yeah a small little bit extra like the thing is like if you're lucky enough to win Kilkenny next year you're still going to be playing intermediate a lot of these teams can be only coming up the first time or Bath being relegated the year before but the hardest game the hardest games we play next year will be the Kilkenny Championship first round out and if you don't win that you don't go any further and like Thomastown dethroned us we'd say in 21 and that was sore and we came back and regained it and that's what I was about like first day we go out next year we'd have to try and retain our title and everybody we have something everybody else wants and we have to try and hold on to it that's exactly it and I spoke to you after the first round game here against Bracken and Michael and you kind of um, passionately defended football in Kilkenny and said that there's a huge opportunity for it to grow if the powers that be maybe take that decision to grow the sport within the county would you reiterate that now because there just seems to be such a stem of sort of momentum behind this team um, in the Leinster Championship and you know, it doesn't seem to take an awful lot to get people behind the sport in the county No it doesn't like until I suppose 20 or 25 years ago the only clubs that played in this was the senior county teams and 
now you have intermediate and junior which gives other clubs a chance and it's a great it's a great opportunity it's great you know what I mean it's a, bo- it's a bonus territory and that's that's the most important thing like like we played league final last year and it was, it was on the same night as a championship semi-final I don't think that happens in hurling like it was dubbed as the one game like that's that's a bit unfair on both sets of players at least you're entitled to play a league final that doesn't happen in hurling like and it's completely wrong do you know what I mean it's the way the draw worked out and maybe only for the draw worked out that way a league final wouldn't be played at all so I think I think it's a little bit unfair on the both clubs that had played two the two matches in the one game like and that has to be changed run your competition run off the league competition get a winner out and then go on and play a championship it's done in Hurling why can't it be done in football and just saying on a high note Michael obviously as I said today disappointing but looking back on the year winning the county championship two great victories here against Bracknell and Shandona there's been some really memorable days for Mullinavast supporters and football supporters in Kilkenny there is like that's that's the biggest um, that's the biggest benefit to the to the lads like okay they disappoint today with the result but they can hold their heads very high like they play football they died playing football and they didn't try anything else just play football to the best of their ability and like I said uh, St. Most came up with a better they were better on the day on the scoreboard and that's it and that's where it counts well Michael commiserations today but congratulations on some great memories throughout the year and uh, hopefully we'll be chatting to you again in the new year I look forward to it hopefully we'll, we'll give it a good rattle again that was our own Robbie Dowling speaking to Mullinavat manager Michael Elwards. And in fairness to Mullinavat, they certainly are putting Kilkenny back on the map when it comes to football. And even reading the piece in the Indo before the match over the weekend as well shows that a football is certainly strong within the county. And valid points that Michael have there as well that maybe will be picked up by someone in later episodes. Coming up after the short break, we're going to be speaking with Willie Quinlan on the phone about Clonmore's action over the weekend. And we will also have Anya Fahey here with us in studio discussing the upcoming All-Stars that's going to be taking place on Saturday. So don't go anywhere. We will be back very soon. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny. LaHartsVolkswagen.ie and you're very welcome back into full time here with myself, Martin Quilty, on this Monday evening, stepping in for Sinead Keogh, who will be back with you all next week as well. But on the phone line at the minute, I have Willie Quinlan, and he's going to talk to me about Clonmore's defeat uh, to Castletown of Meath in Netwatch, Cullen Park, last weekend. And he was on analysis and co-commentary with the great Brendan Hennessy. Willie, good evening and welcome into Scoreline. Or full time, I should say. Full time. <laughs> oh God, Willie, things don't be going right on your first time in here at all. So many that's things the, to be watching about. Radio. I, I was listening to I was listening to your first interview, and you were trying to expose <laughs> everything is everywhere for your first time. You're not sure where anything is. Uh, surely, as I couldn't hear anything, I knew Ronnie was on the phone line. But anyway, we got there in the end, thanks to that's Ken. Right. Without him, we'd be lost. Anyway, you were in Netwatch Cullen Park on Saturday to look at Clonmore's uh, game against Castletown of Meath and there wasn't too much in it in the end. It was, uh, I think, just 10 points to 7, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, so uh, give us a rundown on the, the match itself. Yeah, it, it was a really close match and, and um, I mean, two points all after probably 10 minutes and it looked like it was going to be a really tight game and uh, four points to five at half-time. Castletown were just a point in it, but a couple of things that went Clonmore's went against them, I think. Their fullback Anthony Keeley MacDonald, who has been exceptional all year, big, strong, physical player, he's good in the air, very good passer of the ball. He got a knee injury 
uh, in, in the first half of the game ended up going off and he was a huge loss uh, still, they were still well in the game 15 minutes into the second half ended up getting a black card or centre forward Shane McGrath who had scored 5 points 3 points from freeze and 2 from play very very unlucky he slid in to, to try and block the corner back coming out he did catch him late I didn't think it was a black card I thought maybe a yellow would be more uh, inducive of the of the foul that he committed. But anyway, he got black and Castletown pushed on and got three points in the row to go four points up and never really looked back after that. Uh, Clanmore and Ferriston got, got one extra point but ended up losing 10 points to seven. But so they were well in the game up to that. They actually had a, a second guy sent off for a, a yellow and, and a red, James Whelan, the cornerback. Uh, made a tackle in the back lane got a yellow and got a red in the second half late in the game I have to say uh, Castletown were fit young team something similar to Clanmore uh, probably four minor uh, uh, mead men on it in the last two or three years uh, uh, Reen McDonald is definitely one of them Killian Smith they done really well in the middle three points from McDonald and a point from Smith and that probably just got them o- o- over the line they ended up winning ten points to seven the Carlo teams, Willie, are not far behind any of the teams in Leinster. You can see that from Pal's exploits as well um, in the competition this year and Clonmore getting to the semi-final of the junior. So it's just something small is going to get them over the line and get them into Leinster finals and start winning uh, provincial titles as well. Because to be fair to them, they're putting a lot of effort into football uh, in Carlo. And as I said, they're not too far behind the other counties. Yeah, we're uh, except, with an exception of the, the Dublin teams, Martin, I... I've seen uh, quite a number of Dublin uh, Dublin games, uh, especially the county final, and it, it proved to me there uh, even on Sunday, Port Arlington beat beat Clanmore fairly or beat uh, Palatine fairly convincingly uh, the previous weekend, and ended up losing one uh, twelve to four points on Saturday evening to a, a Kilmacud, a very very strong Kilmacud team. Now Kilmacud were lucky to win the uh, county final, the beat Nafina by a point. And I would say only for Shane Welch came back on the field in the second half. He had to go up 10 minutes uh, to, in the first half. Uh, he came back on and ended up scoring uh, four points. But the Dublin team seemed to be a lot stronger. They're physical. It's very, they're very difficult to play against. But apart from them, uh, Carlo seemed to be on a par with, with most of the other counties in Leinster. And as you say, they're not a million miles away from maybe getting to Leinster finals. But physically I think we're a long long way off the Dublin teams at the minute Mark. and what seems to be the, the issue there really like is there more strength and conditioning required at club level um, to get them into the counties like should clubs be starting to invest more in strength and conditioning yeah definitely without a doubt and even at a, at a younger age I mean you're looking at you're looking at in Dublin especially if you're on uh, in, an inter-county we say under under 15 under 13 they're starting their strength and conditioning really really young although it mightn't be a huge amount of weight in the gym but certainly uh, they're starting strength and conditioning at, at that level and um, it looks like that we're a long long way off there I, I looked at the, Dub- the Dublin County final I was actually at it in Parnell Park and they looked like two inter-county teams they were that big and each guy that came on looked bigger stronger physical physical you know compared to the teams down the country I know Port Arlington looked really really fit they looked very strong but when you match them up to the Kilmacuds of this world even them are, are a long way off the physicality of the Dublin team so that's something Fo- the football is you know teams have loads of football there's no question about that about ability 
but size and power and strength at the end of the day the, the, the bigger the team the stronger the team if, yeah. the, if you match them for, for uh, fitness wise and they have the football well they're going to beat you you know nearly every second day anyway yeah, myself and Mickey Welsh actually said the same uh, about the Ballyhale and Castletown Gagan match when we saw the two teams coming out um, in the uh, the Leinster hurling semi-final as well. I mean, you could see the power of the Ballyhale boys and as soon as the Castletown Gagan boys stood up against them, there was no comparison. Like, it was like Samson versus uh, uh, Goliath right. or whatever you want to call it or analogies that you want to use. So, I mean, tackling a strength and condition and especially at a younger age, at the 15, 16 year olds, can only benefit the clubs. As you say, the football is there. It's it's just a matter now of improving the, the fitness and uh, bulking up lads I suppose a small little bit to be able to take on the, the likes of the Dublin teams Yeah there's no question about it I've seen Bally Hill playing Mount Leinster Rangers here a couple of years ago in Dr. Cullen Park and uh, you're right even though Rangers are not a small team but just the physicality of Bally Hill in the tackle the 50-50 tackles they just brushed them aside they're so powerful and the Dublin team seem to be doing that they're, at, they're definitely at a, a different level so I think it's a, it's an earlier start that uh, clubs have to get into it. I know lots of clubs are buying into it and they have set up their own gyms and they're you know they're using it at, at a young age and that can only if you have a 16 year old going into a gym and he's there five or six years and he's coming onto your senior panel, well he, he can make the step up that that quicker than a guy that's stepping up has never had a gym but has the football. So it's it's just an added ball to your string. You, you need to have that physical strength when you're coming up against uh, these big physical teams. As you said, the football is there. There's no question about it, but um, you have to you have to match them for physicality, power and strength and pace as well. Yeah, you certainly do. Well, I suppose that completes the uh, the club for most of the, the football in Carlow as well. So attention will uh, turn now to preparing the county teams for the upcoming uh, pre-season games that's going to be taking part. And then obviously in the National League, then that's going to be probably starting in around the end of January uh, or beginning of February even. So uh, looking forward to the season ahead on that already, Willie? Yeah, really looking forward to that. I suppose the only thing we have left in the counties, the under 20 um Championship that's in progress at the moment. It was held up because Palantine were still in the Leinster Senior Championship and Clanmore were in the, the Junior uh, Championship as well, the Leinster Championship. So that was held up a little bit, but uh, that will get going in the next uh, week or two. There is a couple of games that's been played already, um, but after that, then you're talking about the Auburn Cup and, and the league. So lots, lots of guys, younger guys. Clan, uh, Palantine have a really young side. They, they had a great, great championship, great successful year. Uh, they were unbeaten in Carlo and had a great win against St. Pat's of Wicklow. So they were beaten by Port Arlington. So there's a couple of those, I suppose, that could, you could bring in onto a panel and uh, you'd like you'd like to see them maybe get runs in the Auburn Cup and uh, the league and starting for the, you know, before the championship starts. So it, it, it's looking good. It's looking bright. I said Clonmore, a very young team as well. And you'd like to see lots of, lots of those guys in. Uh, our intermediate champion, champions, Fenna, would definitely have three or four guys that could go in there and, and step in as inter-county players. They won two or three minors a couple of years ago and they're all probably 20, 22, 23 now. So uh, it'd be great to see, you know, younger guys getting in, getting the chance and uh, seeing where they are in with the Auburn Cup and the league, uh, the up-and-coming league, Martin. Exactly. And we're looking forward to following that progress as well. I suppose one last final thing, Willie, quickly before I have to leave you go as well, because we have somebody else coming into the studio here. But just a word on David Hickey doing the match at the weekend as well. Great to see a, a Carlo man getting recognition and refereeing the semi-final between Kilmacud and Port Arlington. Yeah, surely was and done a great game. It's great 
it's great when you, you're looking at a game and you don't really see a referee getting involved too much because the game is flowing. And, and that's what happened. I know two good two teams, you know, played football and it was pure football, but it's great to see the likes of David and I know Pod and uh, a couple more of them uh, got uh, lots of hurling games over the year. And that's great for, for them guys and for the county as well to see them at, at that level too. It's brilliant. Well, it certainly is. And hopefully that David will be able to progress up through the ranks now and we'll be able to see him doing Division 1 football games within the near future as well. But Willie, thank you very much for joining me uh, this evening and discussing all things Carlo football and especially with Clonmore. And I have no doubt that you are already looking forward to the football season ahead and we'll be hearing you on the radio during uh, the Burn Cup and the National League game. So until then, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Martin. Thank you. Lovely. That was Willie Quinlan there, of course, former Carlo footballer and Era Oak footballer as well, discussing all things Carlo football. I am delighted, though, to be joined in studio right now by my co-host on the Come On Kind podcast, Anya Fahi, and we are going to look at the Camogie All-Stars that's going to take place at the weekend. Good evening, Anya. Good evening, Martin. How are you? I am great and nervous and all at the one time, but I have Ken here keeping an eye on me now. It is going grand so far, but as I said, the All-Stars are being uh, held on Saturday in Crow Park, different venue for them this year. Kilkenny have 11 nominations in total, uh, including some for goal, some for the defence a couple of them is doubled up as well so yeah. um, realistically uh, out of all of the All-Star nominations who do you think is going to pick up an All-Star this weekend? Do you know what I think let's be realistic if we had our say all 11 girls would be getting an All-Star in that but um, you know it's hard to know what way it's kind of going what way it's kind of going go this year and I suppose we've kind of seen after the ladies football over the weekend that there was a, a slight bit of controversy in that as well and even with the, the GA All-Stars too it doesn't necessarily mean to see that the team that's actually winning the All-Ireland are, are going to really dominate by getting eight or nine different All-Stars. Um, so I think, you know, certainly a lot of our girls are going to push hard for it. I, you know, just looking at the goalies there, you've Amy Lee from Cork, you've Aoife Norris from Kilkenny and you've Brianna O'Regan from Kilkenny. There's no doubt about it that all three of them had, had, have had a fantastic year in relation to the Camogie, but you'd have to say... Aoife Norris is surely due an all-star at this stage. She's been absolutely excellent on the goal for Kilkenny this year. Like I think her game has vastly improved over the last number of years and I felt like this year she really has been like, she's nearly that, she's that real extra defender. Like she's so vocal on the field. Her puckouts have been absolutely excellent. You really couldn't fault her that much. And to be fair, like I think... I would be very shocked if she didn't get the number one position there in the in the goal in the goalie. Okay, we have two positions in for the cornerback. Uh, that is Michelle Tien and Tiffy Fitz. Um, there's four nominations in total. Grace Welsh is nominated in the fullback. So out of all of that, we have uh, three out of the seven nominations that is going to be Kilkenny. Who do you see coming out of this with an All Star? Yeah, to be fair, like I suppose when you look at it, Michelle Tien had an excellent game in the All Ireland semi final. She was awarded the Player of the Match in that, and I think she's had such a terrific year. With Kenny as well um, so I would be tipping her there to, to get the cornerback position I, I do think Libby Coppinger though from Cork I think is another player that is certainly going to be heavily favoured to get the the other cornerback position and then when it comes to, to, to the full back line like you know if you had to pick from any of the three full backs that were nominated there God if you had any of them on your team I, I like you'd be absolutely I'd like, like to be picking no, them anyway between Grace Iona Heffernan and Sarah Durvin like Sarah Durvin has just been absolutely phenomenal for Galway 
think she probably had one for quite her years last year. Um, but in saying that, like, you know, I'd love, I'd love to see Grace get it as a club mate, as a friend of mine. I'd love to see her get it, but I think the full back position, I think it's going to be a very, very tough one to call. The halfbacks then, we have two in line for this. Laura Murphy is nominated in the halfbacks and Claire Phelan mm-hmm. in the centre back position as well. It's a tough centre back because you have Laura Tracy there. You also have Roisin Black of Galway. So do you see any coming on the halfback line for us? Do you know what? I think, I think Laura Murphy is going to get an all-star this year. I really do. I think she's been absolutely excellent all year for Kilkenny. Now, I know she has maybe started at midfield or drifted back into midfield or whatever the case may be, but I just think she's just been a powerhouse, a powerhouse this year. And I really feel for Laura this year. She really has come into her own. She's embedded herself on that starting 15. And I think she's going to drive on from that. So I'd be very surprised if she didn't get, a, get one there. I think you have to also look at Saoirse McCarthy there from Cork as well. I think she's going to, she's certainly going to get an all are there as well. I feel like we're kind of completely forgetting about Galway is here as well. Like, but um, do you know what? Claire Feeling to me is definitely undoubtedly one of the best backs in the country. Um, she's probably one of the most unassumed players that you'll ever come across because she's so quiet. She goes about her business. There's no airs or graces about her. So I, I would be kind of hoping that she would get in there to the centre back position too. Midfield is. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah. Like you could nearly put all of the teams into a hat and pick out any of them. Katie Power is in amongst nominations. But I mean, you have two of the WGPA uh, Player of the Year nominations in there in Hannah Looney and Lorraine Bray as well. It's a mm, hot... Is, no, Katrina Mackey. Oh, sorry. Was yeah. it Katrina? My yeah. fault. Sorry. Yeah, I don't I thought it was Hannah. Um, but even Lorraine Bray is in there. It's yeah. a hot spot. Is Katie going to come away with an All-Star? Well, okay. Let's be fair. Lorraine Bray is 100% she has got her jersey down um, for one of the she's got her name down in the jer- name down there for one of the positions anyway she has been nominated for player of the year so she's out, without a doubt going to get it um, just mentioned it I think we're forgetting about Galway we have to look at Aoife Dunhu. she was absolutely phenomenal for Galway all year she's a real driving force a real pacemaker there in mid the field I also think Ashling Thompson could be in with a shout there as well. I really, really do. I think she has been, I think without her in the semi-final against uh, Washford, I don't think, I don't think Cork would have come away with that victory, victory there either. They wouldn't either. have, like she no, was No, they wouldn't have, this, yeah. like, and I know whatever the controversy was around beforehand, I still think that she could be winning and shout. You know, I think the midfielder is probably going to be definitely hard one. Katie, yes, yeah, she has had an absolutely excellent year as well. Um, but that's where I think, I think that's where the most controversy is going to be built up there is the, the midfielder and selection. Half forwards then as well. We have a, a couple of nominations in it in Denise Gall and Julianne in on the half forward line. Uh, we have no one in the centre forward so we have two of the six forwards. Seven, is it seven? Yep, two mm. of the seven as well nominated. I mean, Denise has had a phenomenal year. Julianne has been instrumental as well. Can you see either one of them getting an all-star? You couldn't have an all-star team without having Denise Gall on it. Let's be fair. Like You really, really couldn't and I think you'd be crazy to leave her off it. But then like you look at who she's up against. The newcomer of the game Abby Flynn. She was absolutely excellent for uh, DCU I think it was this year. It was yep. DCU. Yeah she was excellent for DCU. She really carried her form through for Washford. Cueva Costello was absolutely excellent for Limerick. I do think she's going to get I do think she is going to get an all-star and deservedly so when it comes to centre forward then pairing to me it would be Beck Carton but Ashling Marr is really she is on song at the moment but I suppose if they're going county wise you ha- you would have to look at Beth Carton in that in that area there and I have to move quickly along with you with the forward line because we're coming up near an ad break Katie Nolan and Miriam Welsh uh, booked in in the full forward line as well Miriam nominated as I said for the players player of the year as well I mean Katie Nolan herself I mean mm. two fantastic forwards 
like let's be realistic this should be the easiest uh, line on the field to pick you're going to have Katie Nolan Katie Nolan Mary Walsh and Katrina Mackey in there they'll be my three all day every day well you have it and if you want to hear more on the Camogie All Stars I'm going to get the plug in nice and early don't forget to tune in to Come On Kind because myself and Anya will be recording that later on it will go out tomorrow evening I'm assuming as soon as Ken gets around to doing the editing for us and we will have all things Camogie wise with it so don't forget wherever you get your podcast to tune in coming up after the break we are going to have the Carlo all our volunteer uh, of the year awards they have all been named and we are going to have a final roundup of the sports action over the weekend so don't go anywhere we will be back very soon your Monday night sports show full time on KCLR with Sinead Cho well, I'm certainly not Sinead Kogyo, but you're Kyo even, but you're very welcome back into full time here with myself, Martin Quilty. In the last part of the programme here this evening, we are going to go down and give a rundown through a lot of the sports that has been taking part. But first of all, Carlo Camogie announced their Volunteer of the Year awards for all of the different clubs in Carlo. So congratulations to all the winners. From Ballinkillen, we had Ashling Fitzgerald. Burren Rangers, we had James Doyle. Carlo Town was Carl. English, Kildavan Clonigal, we had Breatha Murphy, Mount Leinster Rangers was Breena Kennedy, Mwinnabiog Emma Lillis, Moishal Breege Nolan, Nave Breathe Lisa MacDonald, Satanta Deirdre Kenny and St Mullins was Anya O'Carroll, so well done to each and every one of you. So getting through the soccer roundup now and some of the results from the LFA O'Neill's Junior Cup, Balbriggan 0, Thomastown United 1 Monred FC 3 Lions 2, Bridge United United 2, St. Eta's 4, Freebooters 4, Vale Wanderers 2, New Oak Boys 1, Green Hills Green Park FC 0. The LFA Women's Junior Cup, New Park AFC 3, Mullingar Athletic 1, Port Leash AFC 0, Mill Celtic 9. The Women's St. Canis' Credit Union League, Dean Celtic 0, East End United 3. In the Junior St. Canis' Credit Union Premier Division, Callan United 1, Fort Rangers 4. In the Junior Intersport.ie Division 1 League, Dean Celtic 4, Ormond Villa 3. Highview Athletic A 0, Evergreen B 2. In the Junior Division 2 League, we had Castle Warren Celtic 1, Evergreen C 1. Thomastown United B 3, Freshwood Town 7. In the Junior Division 3 Emerald Titles League, River Rangers B2, Spa United 3. In the Whites Pharmacy, Division 22-23, Kaleshan FC B0, New Oak Boys B0, Vale Wanderers B0, St. Felix FC 5, Castle Rangers 3, Bolton Glass Town 2. The Nationalist Premier Division, Parkville United 1, Kilry Celtic 2. Cressyard 4, Hanover Harps 1. Ballymurphy Celtic 2, St. Patrick Boys 3. And in the Tullys Travel Division 22-23, Dolman Celtic 0, Mill Celtic 0. St. Joseph's FC 2, Cressyard United B 3. Slaney Rovers 6, Parkville United B, 0. Round Towers, Round Tower Rovers, 4 rather, and Arditon, 
Ardatan Athletic, sorry, is two. In the hurling, there was one game for local sides today in the first round of the Leinster College's Senior A Championship with Kalosh Wirra Johnstown beating a home to a good council of New Ross game finished 214 to 15 points to the visitors. Tomorrow, St. Kieran's College hosts the CBS Kilkenny at 215 in the Senior A Championship and in the Senior B side of things, Castlecomer Community School are away to Banagher Community School at 12.30pm. In basketball, Marble City Hawks got their first win of the season, beating Limerick Sport Huskies 63-56 to with Kaylee Rabby of Marble City Hawks topping the scoring charts with her 22 points tally. SETU Carlo got the better of Scott Lakers Killarney winning 102-88 to in the Insure My Van Dutta E Division 1 at the weekend, while the University side were beaten 97-66 by St. Paul's of Killarney at Barrow Centre yesterday. And one last thing, Jim Riley has been on saying that he's running a bus from Carlow to Crow Park for the Leinster Senior Hurling Semi-Finals. It will depart the Lord Bagnell Car Park in Lachlan Bridge at 10.30am, returning home straight after St. Mullins. And if you're interested, contact Jim on 85 Wow, well, that is it. Thank you very much for joining me here on Scoreline. My thanks to Ken for keeping an eye on me. Hopefully, I didn't mess things up too much and that you enjoyed the show. Sinead will be back next weekend. But from me for this evening, it's a goodbye. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahartsvolkswagen.ie.